Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Church Online. If you're our guest, thank you so much for tuning in with us, hanging out with us today. We're in week two of a series we've called Influencer. Last week, we kicked off the series and we just kind of gave an overview of what it's like to, uh, to, to realize that I am an influencer. I know there's so many people in the world that think, man, there's no way that I can actually influence people. Not enough people follow me, and especially if you're like on social media, you think you have to have so many followers or so many people following you in order to be able to influence people for good or for anything for that matter. But we learned last week in week one, we realized that even statistically in the marketing world, they are learning as time goes on in this phenomenon of influencer marketing, we've learned that Actually, the smaller number of followers you have, the greater impact and engagement you have. They've discovered that it's not people with millions and millions of followers who, who actually convert into engagement. It's, there's lots of impressions. Tons of people follow those people. Tons of people see what they're doing, but they don't necessarily do what they say. And we discovered last week in week one... And the message we titled, a lot of you are asking, we discovered last week that it's actually who knows you, not who sees you, that has that you have the greatest potential to impact their lives. And so we realized that we're all influencers and we all have a mission and a call of God on our life to influence those in our sphere of influence. We discovered that the smaller the following, the greater potential of influence. If you've got your notes, you can pull those out. We're in week two. We've titled it Swipe Up. And I'll read you our theme verse. All month long, we've been reading this together. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. We're going to read it all month. And it says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one likes a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see. We shared last week the message version of that last verse. It says, as you engage people, as you engage them, as you influence them, as you share your life with them, you're going to encourage them. You're actually going to be influencing people to, turn, to open up to the Father, to open up to God themselves. Isn't that crazy? As we open up our lives for everyone else around me, it influences people. We said this last week that you, will, you are influencing people for good or for bad. One way or the other, our lives are an influence. And today I want to talk to you about what that looks like. Because I'm an influencer, how can I make it easy for people to come to Jesus through my life. The title, Swipe Up, that swipe up feature is uh, an Instagram feature. And when you know this, that it's only available for those that are verified with Instagram or those with 10,000 followers or more. It's it's, it's kind of a, a niche thing. So only a few people have it. But the idea, the feature of the swipe up feature is a way for your followers to dive deeper into what you're selling. It's an easier way for them to grab hold of the thing that you're talking about. So they can do more research or they can make a purchase. It's really convenient and has proven to be a valuable tool in gaining loyalty from followers. People who have that feature, they're a verified business account or, or, or something of that sort, they, they have, they've said that it actually 
creates loyalty in their followers because it's so easy for them to engage with whatever it is they're selling. In an environment when you don't get very many opportunities to move people from viewers to faithful, engaged followers, a swipe up is huge. Making it easy is huge. It simplifies the whole thing. It's just super easy. Now, if you're like me, you've probably struggled with an effective way to share your faith in a way that makes a real difference in people's lives. Statistically proven, and we said it uh, before, actually most people in America, most believers in America will live their whole life after coming to faith and will never share their faith. Let that sink in for a moment. Most, the vast majority of believers in America will live their entire life of faith following Jesus, having the the living water as Jesus said it is, the, the greatest answers to life's questions, the living spirit of God living inside of us. We've got the greatest news the world has ever known. And the vast majority of believers, Christians, will never share their faith outside of themselves. They keep it to themselves. Why is that? Because most people struggle with an effective way to share their faith. How do I start the conversation? Do they even want to talk to me about it, anyone? How do I make it easy for those turning to God? Or is that even a possibility? Not only is it a possibility, I think it's how it should be. It should be easy. It shouldn't be difficult. It shouldn't be overwhelming for someone to think of the possibility of them coming to faith in Jesus and living a life on purpose that honors God. As a matter of fact, there's two passages of Scripture that will pop up on your screen as we as I read them to you. It's in Acts chapter 15, verse 19. Paul says this this way. He says, It's my judgment that we should not make it difficult for those Gentiles that are turning to God. He said, we should stop making it so hard. If you read that passage in Acts chapter 15, you'll see where they were kind of trying to discuss and they were arguing back and forth of all of the different rules and regulations that should be added to to followers of Jesus, things that they should do. And Paul says, hey, we shouldn't make it difficult. It should be easy to come to faith. And and the truth is, that's a direct uh, promise from Jesus. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11, come to me. All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble, I'm gentle at heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Jesus himself said it shouldn't be hard. Come to me, and I'll give you Rest. Come on, Jesus never said, come to me and I'll make life more difficult. Come to me and I'll make, it, I'll make it harder to understand. Come to me and you'll be more depressed and have more anxiety and you'll be more burnt out and things will be more difficult and your relationships will struggle and everything else will be more difficult. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, come to me if you're weary, if you're carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. What's he saying? Take my teachings. Follow my teachings. Do what I say. Let me teach you. I'm humble and gentle. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Maybe you're here today and 
you have had this grand idea of what Christianity might would be. And maybe you're kicking the tires on your faith or maybe you grew up in church, but you've been far from God for whatever reason you're here today. And I want you to know that what all of those ideas and thoughts and preconceived notions of what faith would be, one thing that it is 100% not, it is not hard. Come on, it's easy to follow Jesus. Following Jesus, his burden is light. His yoke is easy. Jesus will give us rest. If I follow Jesus appropriately in my life, he brings peace that passes understanding, rest where the world brings burden. Uh, he brings relationship where there is nothing. He makes a way where there was no way. That's the God that we serve. That's the Savior we get to serve. So if you're living your life in a way that is, that is depressing, full of anxiety, and you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, can I tell you there's a better way? There's a better way. Swipe up. Come on, I can lead you into a better relationship with Jesus. There's an easier way to do it. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to share with you just three things today, three points that I think can help us as we endeavor to live our lives on purpose. Come on, to be a, a city on a hill that can't be hidden. What the Bible says, the salt of the earth. Come on, we're influencing people in our sphere, the people that God has placed inside of our lives. We're influencing them for good, for the gospel. There's a God in heaven that loves them more than they could dream or imagine. And it doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy. So let's pray together and let's dive into our notes. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your word today. It's alive and breathing. Come on, you're going to equip us through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we're going to walk away from this message today empowered to live our lives on purpose. God, we're going to have the tools. We're going to be equipped to make it easy for people in our life, on our job, in our home, in our marriage, in our relationships to come to faith in Jesus. Use us, Father, for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, my swipe up. Come on, I'm going to make it easy. What does it look like? I need to show them. I need to show them. I need to model it. I love in Acts 11, he says, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. Many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus and took to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. Check this out in the parentheses. This is the most important part of this verse, and they just happened to throw it in. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Years after Christ had, had lived a sinless life, he had modeled what it is to live a life that honors the Father. He went to the cross and died for our sins, came back to life. The church was birthed in Acts chapter 2. And it was in Acts chapter 11 before people began to catch on that these people are acting like Jesus. It was just a few short years after his death and there were still people walking all over the world, all around these towns and these cities that, that had witnessed Jesus walk on the earth. They had witnessed him live his life with integrity and with character and with love and with mercy and with grace. And they began to understand that these followers, these believers, back in the day, they called it the following the way. They began to, they were looking like Jesus. They were acting like Jesus. So they knew all, they didn't know any other thing to call them other than Christians. Why? Because they looked like Christ. They showed it. They modeled 
the life that Jesus lived. So they stayed, Paul and Barnabas, they stayed teaching large crowds. And as they began to accept Christ as their Savior, things began to change. They began to slowly model their lives after the teachings of Jesus. They, didn't, they weren't just hearers of the word. They were doers. They lived it out. They showed them the way. I love 1 Thessalonians 1, 8 in the message version. It says, your lives are echoing the master's word, not only in the province, but all over the place, not just here, but everywhere. The news of your faith in God is out. We don't have to say anything anymore. Isn't that good? Come on, the pastor was there, Paul. He said, we don't have to say anything. You are the message. Your life is speaking louder than we can say it. And that's the truth for you and for me today. Your everyday life is preaching a message. Did you know that? Your attitude, your outlook on life, the life you live day in and day out, the decisions that I make, is it reflecting Jesus or is it not reflecting him? Come on, it either is or it isn't. I'm either showing them the way or I'm distracting them from the way. It's kind of like my kids, our kids, Isabella and Shepherd. Shepherd's four. Isabella just turned 11. And, and we talk about often how Shepherd looks like me, but he acts like his mama. And how Isabella looks like her mama, but she acts much like her dad. There's a little bit of, our, of both of us in our kids. In the same way, as you grow in your faith, your life should begin to reflect the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Father directs the Son who, who guides the Spirit and it's all three in one and there should be a reflection of Him in the life that we live. We are a reflection. We spoke about that in a series a few months back. We are a reflection of the Father. Let us make man in our image. Come on, the things that we do, there should be subtle hints of Jesus in everything we do in our lives. Come on, there should be something that's just peppered in the everyday life that we live that people begin to understand and see that they belong to Jesus. Come on, we said it last week, there's not another person on earth like you. There's nobody like you. There will never be another you. No other fingerprint on earth like yours. This is a quote from last week's message. Your life lived out authentically is the change agent that someone close to it needs to see for them to see close, for them to see Jesus clearly. You, you modeling your life, you living out the truth of God's word every day in your life, at work, at home, eating at the dinner table, eating at, at breakfast, praying uh, uh, before bed, praying throughout the day, living your life in a way that honors God with integrity and with character, full of grace and mercy. Come on, just walking out your faith, simply obeying the teachings of Jesus. Some of you think, wow, that's too hard. I don't know that I can do that. Jesus already declared it. My yoke is easy. My teachings are easy. Listen, don't follow along the, the, uh, uh, the reality of what culture tries to tell you about Jesus. Dive into it yourself. Jesus is easy to follow and his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And when you begin to walk out the teachings of Jesus in your own life. You're showing, 
You're modeling what it's like. And it makes a difference. It makes it easy for others to come in and follow along with you. My swipe up, you need to show them. You need to show them. Number two, this is big, you need to speak with them. If you're modeling it, people are going to want to talk about it. If you're modeling it, if you're showing them, they're, want, they're going to engage you about your faith. I love it in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 in the NIV version. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always, you want to underline that, circle that, highlight that. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. I love that because he's saying, listen, as a follower of Jesus, as you live out your faith, you're modeling it. You are going to ooze hope. You are literally, it's going to overflow out of your life. It's going to overflow out of your conversation, out of your mouth, the language that you speak. From the depths of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Word of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives inside of you and me as followers of Jesus. And there's nobody like us. It's our story that makes the difference in our sphere of influence. And as we live out our lives, they're going to want to discuss, what's this hope that you have? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, let's be clear. There's a giant difference between giving an answer for the hope we have in Jesus and shouting down everything in the world that you disagree with. Big difference. As a matter of fact, Romans talks to us about conforming to culture around us. We live in a culture today that loves to shout down disagreements. We live in a culture today that if I disagree with you, I can cancel you and I can shout you down and I can, dis and I can just push you away. And that's the way of culture. And Jesus is saying, hey, don't conform to the culture around you. Don't fit in so easily that you don't even realize what's going on. That's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And that's, he's telling us that. What is he saying? It should, we should be always prepared to give a reason for the, for the hope that's inside of us. There's a big difference between sharing hope and shouting down disagreements. Culture's really good at that. And Jesus is inviting us, he's encouraging us. As a matter of fact, he's hoping and begging that we would with grace and with gentleness and with respect share the hope that's inside of us. Sharing my faith is simply capitalizing on the opportunity that living my faith provides. If I live out my faith in a way that shows the hope that I have in Jesus, it always opens a door for opportunities to talk about it with others in meaningful ways. If I just live out my faith, it opens doors of opportunities. For example, in my small group just this past week, we discussed the fact that in some countries, it's incredibly dangerous to call yourself a Christian. It's incredibly dangerous. And that in, that in itself... Come on, it sort of weeds out the American consumer uh, culture, right? That just because it's so dangerous to even call yourself a Christian, we begin to open up and have uh, life-giving conversations right there in my small group just about the hope that we have in Jesus and how that can make a difference in those around us. We talked about trusting Jesus through difficult seasons, how the fact that Jesus brought us through the last season, it gives us hope that we'll walk through this current circumstance or situation 
position with the power and presence of God. Come on, if you're walking out your faith, you're going to have opportunity to share it. You need to speak with them. So what does that look like? You're probably listening right now and you're going, yeah, but I don't even know how to do that. I don't even have a clue how to begin to share my faith, share my story. Well, I'm going to give you some resources right now. If, you, if you're listening right now, there's actually a resource on our website under the resource tab at cultivatechurch.tv. But I want to share with you just really quick, how do I share my story? One, just divide it into parts. Make it super easy. Don't get so overwhelmed and with your with your story that you don't even know where to begin. Maybe you would answer these questions for yourself. What what was my life like before I met Jesus? What was it like? Maybe you're there now. What's life like right now, day in and day out, every day? What is life like outside of a relationship with Jesus? Maybe that's you. Maybe you'd ask you this question. How did I realize I needed Jesus? How did I commit my life to Jesus? Answer these questions. These are simple questions to ask as you're walking through how I'm going to share my story. What, G- what difference has Jesus made on my life? Of course, there are many other testimonies besides just your salvation story. You have a story for every experience where God has ever helped you in life. You should make a list of all of those things. Write down right now a list of all the problems, all the circumstances, all the crises that God has brought you through. Those are all little snippets of your story, all little snippets of what God could use to make a difference in someone else's life. How do you organize your story? Well, talk about it. There's the story of your life. Tell a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? Who were your parents? How many siblings do you have? Something simple, right? Just just really quickly jot that down. The story of your faith. Come on, what was your life like before knowing him? Write all of that stuff out. Coming to Jesus. Come on, talk about stories of grace. Super simple, compartmentalized ways to begin to share your story. And then there's a simple way I'll share with you. Maybe you'll ever have an opportunity because you're living out your faith and they're talking about it with you. Maybe, just maybe in God's timing, you'll have an opportunity to share your faith and them accept the grace of God in their life. How do I lead somebody to Jesus? I'm going to share with you one simple way. We call it the ABCs of faith. I learned this years ago. I learned it years ago in my own life, and I've, I've led people to Jesus, into a relationship with Jesus through simply telling them, walking them through this little deal, the ABCs. Number one, you just admit that you've sinned. Admit that there's nothing good inside of you apart from the grace of God through Jesus. That's simple, right? I admit it. I realize I'm broken. I need a Savior. Then you believe in Jesus. A, admit. B, believe in Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you lived a sinless life and you died on a cross and you came back to life to rescue me from my sins and then confess that Jesus is Lord. I I, I admit that I've sinned. Jesus, I believe in you and I confess that you are Lord. You are my Savior. I accept you as my Savior. It's that simple. Come on, write that down. Memorize ABC. And before you know it, you'll be leading someone to a relationship with Jesus. You'll break the statistic in American culture that people never share their faith. I believe that you can experience revival in your own relationships if you're willing to open up and share your life of faith with those around you. And then number three, if you're taking notes, the final thing I'll share with you is you need to serve them. You need to serve them. 
Come on, you need to model it. You need to show them. You need to speak with them. And you need to serve those people in your life. 1 Peter 4.10, he tells us that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. He's talking about spiritual giftings. He's talking about gifts that God has given us. And why did he give it to us? Why do we have these gifts? Can I tell you? It's not for you. It's not for me. I'm not gifted for my own self. I'm not gifted to puff my own pride up. There's no gifts inside of me that are for me. He said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Here's what I've learned in my own faith journey. As I've followed Jesus for a little over 20 years, I'm never more like Jesus than when I'm serving others. Never more. And the truth is, in those times in my life when I have not had opportunity to serve others or maybe I have neglected to serve others or maybe I have kind of become self-imposed uh, on my own, like only thinking about myself. I've inflicted that on myself. I've kind of just, uh, instead of looking out, I've started looking in, taking care of myself, taking care of my needs. Nothing wrong with making sure you're taking care of yourself. But can I tell you, if your life is not focused on others first, you will implode into selfishness. You will implode into only thinking about you. And can I tell you, you can never model and follow Jesus correctly and honor God fully thinking about yourself. You have to get outside of yourself. The last 13 to 14 months we have witnessed where we have it's just become easy to think about self, think about self, think about self. Can I tell you that's the most dangerous thing I can do as a follower of Jesus. Jesus implores us, he encourages us, he begs us to serve people. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I didn't come for the well. I came for those that are sick. Jesus modeled it the night before he died. What did he do? He got down on his hands and knees. The savior of the world, the universe, got down on his hands and knees and he washed his disciples' feet. If there was ever anything that we needed to pay attention to, it would be those things that he did the night before he passed, the night before he died, sacrificed himself for the sins of the world, and he modeled servanthood. We're never more like him than when we're serving others. Come on, share your, uh, uh, what does it look like? How did you begin to serve? Maybe you're in a position where you've never really served others. Maybe you're in a position where you've never really walked out your faith and served other people. Can I tell you, step number one, go serve somebody this week. Come on, step outside of yourself. Step outside of your comfort zone. Serve someone. Find a place. Find a way to serve in your local church. Come on, there's there's a hundred different ways you can serve in the context of the local church. We get to preach the gospel together every week here at Cultivate. We have people that serve in a parking lot. We have people that serve in nurseries. We have people that serve on a platform leading worship in tech teams, running cameras and lights. We even have people right now that are behind a computer and they're hosting worship experiences right now so that people online can, can interact and can have someone to pray with. Come on, there's a there's hundred ways for you to serve people. 
to get outside of yourself. You can serve in your city. You can serve where you are. Whatever it is, find a way. Ask God to open doors so that you can begin to serve people. In the gospel, Jesus never met a spiritual need without meeting a physical need first. Did you know that? Why did he do that? Because when I'm serving people, it is a physical way to demonstrate the grace of God that has that he has done something inside of me and it is overflowing to loving you. We're going to love people, no strings attached. Serving other people is one of the most spiritual things that you can even do. When you're serving people, you're preaching the good news of Jesus louder than, than any time you're speaking it. When you're using your gifts to serve others, come on, you're an influencer. When you're parking cars on a weekend to serve others, you're influencing people. Come on, when you're greeting people in the lobby at church, you're, you're influencing people. When you're serving folks in your city, you're an influencer. You're living your life in a way that honors God. You're modeling it, and it'll open doors for you to begin to share your faith in meaningful ways. Come on, you're a faithful steward of God's grace. Come on, it makes all the difference. We've seen lots of people come to faith just in this year alone. In the life of our church, we've seen well over a thousand people come to faith in Jesus. Can I tell you, it has, it's not just because of a message that they hear. It's not just because of a song that they might experience or an environment. It's because faithful people in their life have modeled faith in front of them. They've opened up and have conversations. They've shared their faith. And it has opened a door for someone to receive the goodness of God in their life. The greatest potential that you have in your life is seeing God transform those he's placed in your life with the gospel of Jesus. That's what you're here for. Come on, take a deep breath right where you are. Just come on, you're breathing right now because you've got a purpose inside of you and your purpose, you are the church. We exist for the world. It's not a building, it's not a place, it's a people. And you can influence people with the gospel in powerful, meaningful ways. There's nobody on earth like you. Swipe up, come on, make it easy. Show them the love and grace of God in your life and it'll be easy for them to take hold and wanna see what God has for their life. Revival is happening right in front of our eyes right in front of your eyes, if you'll just allow it to. Maybe you're here today and you would say, Brandon, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm not experiencing all of that in my own life. Maybe you're here today and depression and anxiety have kind of taken root. Maybe you're tuning in today and you've struggled with the hurt and bitterness for whatever's going on in your life. Maybe someone has said something or done something or maybe you're carrying around hurt or burdens or pain. Can I tell you today, that there is a way out and his name is Jesus. I want you to know Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. There's a way his name is Jesus and I wanna lead you into a relationship with him right where you are. Maybe you would say this prayer with me, Brandon, Father, you would say, Father, forgive me of my sins. God, I recognize today, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. God, there's nothing good in me apart from Jesus. I'm tired of depression. I'm tired of the anxiety. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of living selfishly. Father, help me right now in the name of Jesus to walk away from that and to walk into your peace that passes understanding. 
I believe, Jesus, that you are the Messiah. You are Jesus. You are the Son of God. You lived a sinless life, and you died on a cross for my sins. And today, I confess you as Lord. Thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you for bearing my sin. And from this day forward, I accept you as my Savior, and you are Lord of my life. Today, I'm going to begin living my life on purpose in a way that honors you, and it's going to make all the difference. In Jesus' name, amen.